Subcommittee on National Parks, Forests, and Public Lands will come to order. Subcommittee is meeting today to hear testimony on three bills relating to tribal co-management. Under Committee Rule 4, subparagraph F, any oral opening statements at hearings are limited to the chair and the ranking minority member or their designees. This will allow us to hear from our witnesses sooner and help members keep to their schedules. Therefore, I ask unanimous consent that all other members' opening statements be made part of the hearing record if they are submitted to the clerk by 5 p.m. today or the close of the hearing, whichever comes first. Without objection, the chair may also declare a recess subject to the call of the chair. As described in the notice, statements, documents, or motions must be submitted to the electronic repository at hnrcdocs at mail.house.gov. Members physically present should provide a hard copy for staff to distribute by email. Please note that members are responsible for their own microphones, and as with our fully in-person hearings, um, our meetings, rather, members can be muted by staff only to avoid inadvertent background noise. Finally, members or witnesses experiencing technical problems should inform committee staff immediately. Thank you to everyone for being here today uh, for this subcommittee hearing. Uh, this hearing continues uh, the committee's efforts uh, throughout the last two Congresses to elevate the role of indigenous peoples in the management of their ancestral lands. I want to thank our esteemed panel for joining us today uh, to share their expertise on this important work. Uh, I think the breadth of knowledge captured by our panel, which includes representatives of two federal departments, uh, although I know I'll speak to the, one of those federal departments' appearance at the hearing today in a moment, an elected tribal chair from Arizona, a tribal historic preservation officer from Florida, and the president of the largest indigenous organization, a former chairwoman herself, speaks to the growing recognition across the government and indeed across the country that these issues are essential and they must be considered. Indigenous communities are the original stewards of the lands that we now know as the United States. For thousands of years, they've called these lands home, hunting, fishing, building communities and cultures, practicing various uh, religions, uh, and coming to know these places intimately. Uh, I think uh, the chair of our distinguished committee, Mr. Grijalva, put it so well in our March full committee hearing on co-management uh, that ultimately we must and can take steps uh, to acknowledge uh, history of uh, indigenous uh, peoples here in our country and to respond to the pressing challenges uh, that face those communities. I believe the bills and issues that we are considering today are an important effort to do just that. These three items, all sponsored by our chairman, Mr. Grijalva, uh, the esteemed gentleman from Arizona, represent a major step forward in expanding the role that indigenous communities can and should play in the management of their ancestral lands. Uh, these bills help set the stage for the work that should be done now while establishing a clear path for the committee to follow in the future. Uh, I am uh, delighted that we have the opportunity to be able to hear these three bills uh, and uh, again, very um, grateful to Chairman Grijalva for bringing the bills forward uh, to this committee. While I recognize that we won't agree on all the issues before us, I think it's significant that there is common ground in acknowledging these past, um, uh, this past history, and I hope that we can find space uh, to uh, address the same here today during the hearing. With that, I'm going to yield the balance of my time, and I will turn to the ranking member for his opening statement. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And first, just a welcome to all of our witnesses that are joining us today. We're looking forward to your testimony, and thank you so much for being here. During the past six weeks, I've had the great privilege of being back home in my own state of Idaho, traveling throughout my district and listening to concerns raised by my constituents. A common theme I heard from them was the difficulty of living in a state with such a large federal footprint. 
Now, Idaho, like much of the West, is choked off with smoke due to catastrophic wildfire right now. It's a result of poor federal forest management, and local communities have few new economic opportunities as a result of that, particularly when so much of the federal land within Idaho's borders are locked away from wise management or multiple use. Unfortunately, federal regulations tourism, but also associated destruction of the very tribal sites that the monument was originally supposed to preserve. Earlier this year, the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition shared photos of vandalism to sacred cultural sites and said these destructive incidents have been on the rise and have been a regular occurrence in Bears Ears. Drawing large circles on a map has not protected the area, and there's been no increase in resources or law enforcement presence. This bill would also allow the agencies to lock up millions of acres of land without receiving congressional approval, similar to the Antiquities Act. Locking up large swaths of federal land contradicts the multiple-use mandate of the federal land management agencies who are charged with balancing various uses, such as energy development, timber harvesting, outdoor recreation, and grazing. These multiple uses are important to enhancing tribal economic opportunities, as we heard from witnesses representing the Intertribal Timber Council and the Southern Ute Tribe earlier this year during an oversight hearing on tribal management. Another bill on today's hearing, H.R. 8719, would designate thousands of acres as new national conservation and wilderness areas in Arizona. This bill would make it much more difficult to eradicate invasive species like buffalo grass, which Shergohava recently said was a fuel for wildfire, a threat to biodiversity, a threat to species, and a threat to the landscape that we all love and cherish. We cannot lose sight of the fact that when we designate new lands as wilderness from Washington, D.C., 1,000 miles from where those lands are actually located, it has real-life consequences. Just a few months ago, the subcommittee held a hearing on Representative Fazio's Wild Road Conservation and Recreation Enhancement Act, which seeks to create nearly 60,000 acres of new wilderness. That same area is now burning as we speak in the Rum Creek Fire, which Oregon Governor Kate Brown declared as an emergency. People across the West deserve to have their agencies increase the management of their lands, not impede management through restrictive designations. What may look good on paper thousands of miles away looks a lot different through smoke-infested flames on site. I hope today's discussion will be about how to properly balance land management objectives, promote self-determination for Indian tribes, and responsibly manage our natural resources, rather than placing more restrictions on millions of acres of public land and adding more burden to a broken system. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. I'd like to turn now to our witnesses. Before introducing them, I'll remind non-administration witnesses that they are encouraged to participate in the uh, witness diversity survey that was created by the Congressional Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Witnesses may refer to their hearing invitation materials for further information. Let me remind the witnesses that under our committee rules, they must limit their oral statements to five minutes, but that their entire statement will appear in the hearing record. When you begin, the timer will, be, uh, will, will begin. The lights in front of you will turn yellow uh, when there is one minute left, and then red when the time has expired. For any members and witnesses joining remotely, it'll turn orange when you have one minute remaining, and I recommend that you pin the timer so it remains visible. After your testimony is complete, please remember to mute yourself to avoid any inadvertent background noise, and we'll also allow the entire panel to testify before questioning the witnesses. The chair now uh, recognizes the distinguished gentleman from Arizona, the chairman of the full committee, Mr. Grijalva. 